basketball is hood. It's time for the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast with Jonathan Hood. You love basketball, you've come to the right place. The Under the Hood Basketball Podcast is here. Basketball is hood. I'm Jonathan Hood, part of the Cap and J Hood Morning Show, 7 to 10 on ESPN 1000 and also the ESPN Chicago app. So glad you're with me for this weekend edition of the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by Manscaped, manscaped.com. It is the best in below the waist grooming. Men, you know that you could use some help down there. You know, the family jewels in that area. Hey, you want to be looking clean shaven and smelling good down there? Try manscaped.com. The same thing with those, that icky nose hair and that ear hair. Man, don't you want to be well trimmed <clears throat> for the holidays? Then that's why you go to manscaped.com. Use my last name, Hood. Get 20% off. That's the promo code is Hood. Again, manscaped.com. Listen, they've got the Lawnmower 4.0. They've got the ball wipes. They've got the cleaner for your face. Everything that you need is all there for manscaped.com. Use the promo code Hood. Save 20% off. You say, oh, Hood, I don't need that. Well, if you don't need it, someone you know needs it. Just go to manscaped.com, look around. When you order, just use my last name, Hood. That way you get the discount 20%, okay? Also brought to you by DraftKings, DraftKings.com. Listen, use the promo code WMVP for DraftKings.com, and you are locked in. As a matter of fact, the Christmas Day games for the NBA, it's already up. It's already available. You can bet on those games right now on DraftKings.com. Have some skin in the game while you watch the NBA, while you watch college uh, basketball. Make sure you're checking out DraftKings. Look around there, but don't forget to use the promo code WMVP uh, for some of the promos that they have there. I use it. It's right on my lap. DraftKings is actually literally on my lap when I watch sports. And DraftKings likes it too. Uh, DraftKings.com on my meaty lap as I am watching sports and placing bets on my favorite basketball games in college or pro. DraftKings.com. Well, how about the Chicago Bulls with that victory on Thursday against the New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden? Two sad faces I saw. The sad face of Stephen A. Smith, my buddy from ESPN, as well as Spike Lee and many others at Madison Square Garden as the Bulls beat down the Knicks. I really like this matchup uh, for the Bulls, of course. DeMar DeRozan, man, let me tell you. Right now, that guy's playing at an all-star level at 34 points and 38 minutes of play. He had three assists and six rebounds. That's exactly what the Bulls need. Just something that does not say you got to shoot a three every single time. The mid-range was off the chain for DeMar DeRozan. The same thing with Vucevic, really coming into his own. Listen, it's a long season. The idea that we had people on Cap and Jay Hood and people hitting me on social telling me that Nikola Vucevic is washed and he just played for a bad team so he can't score. Look, I, hey, listen, I just watched the league, right? I don't, my opinion is based on me watching the league. And yes, Orlando has been a rebuilding team for a while. 
well. But you don't take anything away from a skilled big. The ability to knock down the three, stepping out, knocking down the three. Again, someone that can be able to score underneath the basket. And, again, defensive prowess. I mean, the, the Bulls as a team need to defend a lot better. There's no question. But Vucevic is a guy that can be able to do a lot of things. A versatile big uh, with his seven rebounds, his three assists, his 34 minutes, his 27 points was stellar. Zach Levine, of course, I expect him to give the Bulls double digits. 27 points for him and 35 minutes of play. He had five assists and seven rebounds. Uh, Javante Green and Lonzo Ball picked it up after. After that, uh, Alex Caruso with his six rebounds as well, along with six assists. He had six points too, so six, six, six. Don't say that three times too fast, but he had six points, six assists, and six rebounds. The six assists on this box score in front of me means more to me than anything else, that he was able to help the team along. So the Bulls with a nice win against the New York Knicks, and I like this for the Bulls because it's just about momentum, right? Uh, I was in the house at the United Center this past Saturday, saw the Bulls against the Heat and the Heat are just a very well coached team. But then the next couple of nights, then they take on Charlotte and they score a bunch. Their best offensive game that they've had all season against Charlotte. They go into New York and play them well too. So I just think that the Bulls are a must watch in the East and in the NBA just because we're seeing a diversification in offense where it's not necessarily all about Zach Levine. It could be Vucevic on the inside and outside. It's DeMar DeRozan who had a hell of a game and others picking up the slack. So this Bulls team is fun to watch and they beat the Knicks. Some thoughts now from Billy Donovan as the Bulls win and you say, how, how far can they go? I don't know. I don't know how far they can go. All I know is that I'm watching meaningful, interesting basketball in November into December. I have no problem with what we're seeing right now. Could it be a lot better? Sure. But I'm not putting the fast forward button because Bulls basketball has been hard to watch for years under the Hoiberg and Boylan administration. So to be able to see Billy Donovan's team doing some work, uh, I, I have no problem with it. This team slaps. It slaps. And I'm a big fan of what we're seeing. Here's Billy Donovan, the head coach for the Bulls. And then we'll continue on with our conversation about the Bulls, the Knicks, and everything else around the NBA. Here's DeRozan. Oh, the art of the mid-range jumper. Nobody is doing it better right now. He got it to balls. Caruso to DeRozan. Spin to the rim. They put him in a spin cycle there, Adam. The laundry's done. Now Randall. DeRozan shimming and shaking and getting to a spot on the floor. It's a marvelous DeRozan again. Serving Burks now spinning and turning and hitting. Oh, my goodness. That's the yeah, but you know what? You know what? I was talking to the great Hall of Famer, Clyde Frazier. Close to it against Brooklyn. Here's DeRozan on the drive into Robinson. What a finish. Good move. DeRozan, mid-range. Good. Mid-range killer. DeRozan got quickly in the air, fired away. Big game and a foul. DeRozan and Paul, the five out there. Huge minutes for the rookie. DeRozan again is good. DeRozan couldn't get it cross court. DeRozan spinning, firing. Good! Straight out of town. What a shot by DeRozan. If the Bulls can score, it's huge. DeRozan on the drive, all the way to the rim, steps through it, scores! Compton's in the house. 
three times in the last couple of weeks. Is it, are you able to pinpoint this one? Is this one a little different, or is it kind of the same old kind of head scratcher where they're just not putting foot on the throat like they should be? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think the first possession out, we, I think we maybe uh, they scored or we then I think they scored. We made a three. It was like the first. Right. But they ran off 25 points in six minutes. And I just think that um, certainly being down 18 or whatever it was, New York was going to come up and, and really, really ramp up the intensity. And I thought they ramped it up in terms of picking us up full court and being disruptive. And we've got to do a better job anticipating that. we got to do a better job of playing force and and, you know, almost using that aggressiveness to draw fouls but we've got to have a better awareness i think in those situations that you know coming out of the locker room they're you know those teams are gonna they're gonna do everything they can do to that lead not to go from 18 to 28 you know what i mean and then the game's over and and we've got to be able to have that mentality where maybe you don't take it to 28 but you know what you go into the fourth quarter and maybe they outscore you by two you know in 16 instead of you know going all the way down like it was so We've got to solve that. We've got to get better at that. I don't want to take away from the fact that, you know, in an NBA game, there are a lot of runs. You know, it's just kind of the way it is, and you got to be able to respond. And I was really pleased that we kept our composure and, you know, we handled ourselves, I, I thought, well, excuse me, in the, in the fourth quarter when obviously it was really tight. Billy, when you and Mark were, you know, talking in the offseason about the plan of building this roster and getting the guys that did, how much did you think tomorrow would impact your guys' closing ability? Um, I mean, I, I I thought he would. I thought it would give somebody else besides Zach, you know, to carry so much of the load. I think that Zach had carried at least my last year being my first year, he carried a lot of the load. And um, I think Zach is is learning to play with Demar. I think Demar is learning to play with Zach. I think they're all kind of learning to play with each other because, you know, a lot of in, in a lot of ways. You know, we didn't necessarily last year generate a lot of catch and shoot opportunities for Zach. And I think Zach, probably for the first time in a, in a long period of time, maybe in his career, he's in a situation where he's getting some opportunities to, to take some catch and shoot threes. And he's got to take those. Um, but I, I obviously, DeMar, for his whole career, I think has done that. He's been a really, really great closing guy when you give him space and room, whether he's getting to the free throw line or, you know, he's making that, that mid-range jump shot. What kind of luxury is that as a coach? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's even so much the scoring. The scoring is phenomenal. Some of the shots he makes, but I think it's the passing too. You know that he, you know, he was really great in the first half. I thought he generated like we generated a lot of really good shots. We just didn't in the second half shoot the ball particularly well from three. You know, Vooch made a couple, but I thought Lonzo got some great looks out of the corner and we just didn't make them. I thought we generated some good stuff. We didn't make it. To me, I was more disappointed in that second half or, or at least in the third quarter with our defense. You know what I mean? I know we didn't score a lot of points, but we were taking the ball out of the net the entire quarter. And the hardest defense to score against in the NBA is a set defense. And most defenses are going to be set after made baskets and free throws. And it's hard to live like that. And they're a good defensive team. And you know what? We were, you know, constantly playing from behind, so to speak, where we had to, you know, deal with their pressure and, you know, try to get downhill and we turned it over some. Um, but that was not obviously a great quarter for us. But I do think DeMar's presence that he never gets rattled uh, helps our group. So we always talk about us, and everyone knows what he's about. What he's 
he's just a winning player. I mean, he's the epitome. You know, it's, it's interesting. I had a conversation with him the other day. We were just talking, and, and I was just talking to him because I obviously, I think, had a pretty up-close-and-personal view of his career, you know, coaching against him when he was in college, being in Oklahoma City when he was with the G League team there. And a lot of guys that are in his situation don't understand that they have to impact winning and they have to impact the players that they're playing with. And he has an unbelievable awareness of how to do that, regardless of who takes a shot. He knows how to set screens. He knows how to get guys free. He can twist screens. He's phenomenal defensively. He's smart. He gets steals. He gets rebounds. And he very, very rarely shoots. And he is totally fine functioning and competing never taking a shot because he knows there's things that he gets into the game that has a, a huge impact on winning. And I really admire that. I, I told him, I, it's like when I coached Udonis Haslam, I thought Udonis Haslam was by far the best low post offensive player in college by far. I mean, he was a monster. His sophomore year in the national championship game, he got like 26 points and 12 rebounds. I mean, he, he was, but when he got to the NBA, he couldn't do that. And he totally reinvented himself. And he was a guy that never shot, but he impacted the game just through his toughness, his competitiveness. And that's the way he was for me at Florida, but he had to do it through scoring. And I think guys that are really smart that maybe you don't look at as being overly talented, those are the guys that stick and last a long time because they, you know, as a coach or as, as you know, watching us play, you, you see the value he brings every night. Alex Caruso, a, a glue guy for this team. I said this on every podcast, but it's true. The little things he does on the floor uh, is is tremendous. Um, again, every team should have someone that's unselfish. It's like, okay, here's here's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to be able to try to make your make the team better by being able to pass the basketball, rebound, do little things, whatever it takes. Right? It doesn't mean that Alex Caruso is on the same level as DeRozan or Vucevic or, or Levine or either Alonzo Ball. But the point is, though, it takes a team, and Caruso is part of that team. Um, Kobe White, as well as Io DeSumo, Derek Jones Jr. Uh, you know, all these guys, including Javante Green, all part of this team. You, it's it's yes, it's about star power. Yes, it's about offense. But also, it takes a team for it to be able to mold together, and uh, hopefully that means good things for the Bulls. Speaking of Javante Green, he will not be in the lineup against the Nets uh, for the Bulls in their game on Saturday because Javante Green has entered the uh, protocols with COVID-19 symptoms. So Javante Green not playing for the Bulls this upcoming Saturday. We're from Billy Donovan with some really great thoughts after the Bulls got the job done against the Knicks. What about Tom Thibodeau, former Bulls coach with the Knicks? Not happy. Rose inside Robinson. Robinson. Yeah. Into a Robinson chance for the three-point play. An excellent entry pass from Derrick Rose. What a resurrection by Robinson. Mentioned in tenacious defense. He has a couple of about three or four dunks get the lead. I keep trailing. This is where they have not been able to make the timely move. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, we started slowly, uh, 
long game, fought our way out. Third quarter, I thought, got us going. Um, we had a good shot at the end, and uh, we fell short. The last two minutes of this game, basically played four guards and Randall. You were shorthanded tonight. What was your decision process in terms of what you wanted to do? You know, we were searching to try to find a group that could get us going. So, um, you know, I thought we got really good minutes out of Mitch in the uh, second half. And then I thought going small, uh, you know, they were small. So, uh, you know, they spread you out pretty good. And, you know, DeRozan and Levine and Vucevic, you know, they put a lot of pressure on you. So you have to scramble. And, uh, you know, I thought we fought hard. But, uh, again, we fell short. And, uh, you know, the thing that probably hurt us more than anything were the turnovers. And going back to the first quarter, though, you know, on a night when you don't have Noel and you use Taj like that, and clearly there was some frustration there that we could see. How difficult is it to have that happen so early in the game? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's unfortunate. Yeah, just, you know, we started slowly. I thought, you know, there was frustration. And so it's hard to play, like, when you're frustrated. And, you know, we can't get wrapped up with that. You know, sometimes there are tough calls that go against you, and that's just the way it is. So, um, you know, that's part of the league. Gloomy Tom Thibodeau, not happy as the Bulls win 119 to 115. Interesting to look at the box score, right? So the Knicks pounded the Bulls in the paint 66 to 42. Um, they Their bench points a lot better, 29 to 19 advantage. Fast break, the Knicks had a plus eight advantage, 19 to 11, but yet the Bulls won the game. Uh, Julius Randle, solid player, but they still need to have a number one. Right, you still have to have that. You got to have a guy that can be able. You can give it to besides Julius Randle. And I don't know if they had this on this basketball team. I saw the Knicks in the other night against the Nets. And again, you need to need closers like Mitchell Robinson uh, didn't play that well. Uh, and you have seen how. Uh, Tom Thibodeau with the Knicks has tried to change the lineup around. Derrick Rose still comes off the bench. It provides a really good spark, 16 points and six assists. But a young Toppin and Kevin Knox, Taj gets thrown out of the ball game. The last two or three games, I've seen the Knicks grow in frustration because of calls, because of referees. Man, they just got to have talent, and they need to play a lot better. Didn't happen as the Bulls win against the Knicks. Wait a minute, this love started off so tender, so sweet. So it's going to be interesting to see the Bulls in this matchup against the Brooklyn Nets coming up. Remember last time the Bulls played Brooklyn, that game taking place at the United Center and the Bulls won that game. So now what happens here with Brooklyn, right? It's always a test. It's always a good test because Brooklyn more than likely will be in the mix for the Eastern Conference Championship against the Bucks or whomever. Uh, so this will be a great test coming up for the Bulls in their matchup against the Nets. Look forward to that. Kevin Durant and 
James Harden. Now, what's missing is Joe Harris. A three-point threat for the Nets is going to be out for the game. Uh, and so we'll see, besides Harden and Durant, and it really should be all that you need against most opponents, what will the Bulls do? What, how will they be any different, right? Will it be DeRozan being knocked down jumpers? Will this be a coming out party again for Zach Levine? Or will someone else emerge for the Bulls offensively? All I know is that it's good to see good, meaningful basketball and tests along the way. Hey, the Bulls have not been perfect. I saw them against Houston, right? I saw them against the Indiana Pacers. You're going to have some down nights, especially when you don't defend. Can the Bulls be able to put up a defensive effort? Sure. Can they score? Yeah. Did it, can they get a defensive effort against the Nets? We'll find out coming up this weekend. That is for sure. But it's always fun watching this Bulls team under Billy Donovan. Donovan, upbeat, optimistic, retrospective. Tom Thibodeau, sad. <laughs> Two teams kind of going in different directions so far early in the season. I saw the story about the Portland Trailblazers as we go around the news and notes around the NBA regarding Neil O'Shea, the now former general manager of the Portland Trailblazers. Neil, someone I, I know actually for the last four or five years, relationships I've made around the NBA, he was let go. The Trailblazers opened up an investigation last month into the workplace culture under O'Shea's leadership after employees alleged he bullied and intimidated staff. The team hired a law firm to look into the negotiations or the allegations. The Trailblazers said that they would not reveal the details of the investigation out of respect for those who candidly participated, but mentioned that they had looked into concerns around the workplace environment at the team's practice facility. So he was let go. Um, that surprises me because I know that there was an investigation, had no idea what the findings would be of it, but... Um, as I see the Trailblazers Twitter, following the conclusion of the independent review of concerns and complaints around our workplace environment at the practice facility, the Trailblazers organization has decided to terminate general manager and president of basketball operations, Neil O'Shea, effective immediately due to violations of the code of conduct. And so um, Joe Cronin has been promoted to the interim general manager while the organization's leadership conducts a search for a permanent replacement. So think about it. Chauncey Billups gets there to the Portland Trailblazers. Um, Damian Lillard has been out because of an injury. And then this long investigation on Neil O'Shea. Right? That's kind of a bombshell as um, he is no longer with the organization. My friend Amin Hassan from Meadowlark Media as well as SiriusXM NBA talked about Neil O'Shea and said, you know what, even before this investigation, maybe Neil O'Shea's time was up. Here is Amin. It's big news because, first of all, this is the first time in quite a while a general manager or president of basketball operations being let go for reasons other than team performance. Right, because even 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 Gerson Rosas being let go right before okay that that, that would right be before he starts up no but that was it was very performance 
driven and there was like a nail in the coffin that was got you got you yeah. yeah well i mean i guess you could say the same thing about this none of us look at portland as a team that was run exceedingly well like there there, there have been questions about how this team had been run from a basketball perspective there are people thinking that neil o'shea should have got let go anyway before this investigation even became apparent to us did you see one of these nba scores on thursday did you see the one that stood out the most did you see Memphis beat the Oklahoma City Thunder 157 to 79? I did not stutter. 157 to 79, Memphis beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. There was no Jean Morant playing for Memphis. Jaron Jackson Jr. had his 27 points, and Dylan Brooks had 11, and somehow Stephen Adams, 157 points, Stephen Adams had nine points and eight rebounds. Bain had only two. The bench was just tremendous because they use a lot of the bench, the Meltons, the Conchars, the Tillmans, the Clarks. They use a lot of them for the Memphis Grizzlies. You talking about whooping that trick. Whoop that trick. Are you serious? 157 to 79. I understand the Thunder's trying to tank. But Mark Denault, the head coach for the Thunder, I just need to know what he's going to say. I mean, what an embarrassing, embarrassing game. That's big-time offense for the Memphis Grizzlies. Denault, I mean, what do you got to say about this? I mean, really. Three straight and double figures for him. Let's hear from the head coach now, Mark Dagnault, with his thoughts on tonight's game. Um, I mean, obviously a combination of things. I thought, you know, they played with great force and pace. They made some shots. Um, you know, we didn't, you know, we, we didn't shoot it well early. Um, and just couldn't really get a grip on the game, really at any part of the game. Um, thought we could make a little bit of noise there in the second quarter and cut into the lead. You know, we were getting some stops, uh, but credit them. I mean, they played all the way through for 48 um, and played really well. You know, we had a hard time turning them off tonight. I mean, we've been, you know, in tough games before. Um, I would say that in the past and tonight, it's not necessarily who we are. You know, I think we've definitely shown that from a competitive standpoint. You know, this isn't um, this isn't indicative of, of who our team is, how we've competed all season, you know, from training camp all the way through the games. Um, you know, so it's important, I think, to keep that in mind internally for us. Um, but this is, you know, the exposure you have to competing. You know, when you compete, you have exposure to the highs and lows of competition, and competition comes with great joy, uh, and also comes with grief and and frustration and anger. Um, and when you step in that ring, you know that's what you expose yourself to is is all of those things. That's what makes it uh, such a fulfilling experience, um, and that's why the joy feels so good. Because you know, when you get punched and you taste your own blood, you know it doesn't feel great. Oh, yes. Early and often, the Memphis Grizzlies, as they always say in Menfo, whooped that trick. Yeah, they whooped the Thunder. That's the worst loss in the history of the NBA. And Dagnall said, that's not indicative of who we are. 
Well, I think it is. <laughs> at least uh, at least on Thursday night it was. The worst loss in the history of the NBA, y'all. Can you believe that? Whoop that trick? Yeah, they did that a lot. Memphis, big time. 157, 79 over the Thunder. That's a lot. That's a I wrote the song for the movie, but it's not a game. Not a game. The remix was set the the hottest team in the NBA right now are the Phoenix Suns. And earlier this week, I had the pleasure to watch a doubleheader. And the NBA, they were able to catch lightning in a bottle in a big way. This past Tuesday, we saw Knicks Nets on TNT. And then the back end of that doubleheader was the Golden State Warriors against the hottest team in the NBA, the Phoenix Suns. 18 wins in a row. That game was so good especially going uh, into the third quarter, into the fourth, and then the Suns pulled away from the Warriors. And now we're going to get Suns Warriors 2, Electric Boogaloo, on Friday night. That's going to be so fun to watch. If you don't catch it on Friday, try to find it on League Pass, and I'm sure they'll replay it in a number of different places. But Suns and Warriors 2, that's a fun because that's 1-2 and two in the Western Conference. They say there's no meaningful basketball in December and January. That's bullshit. There's some good basketball, especially with the Suns and the Warriors. That was fun. That was fun to watch this past Tuesday, and it's going to be fun tonight on Friday as we record this Suns and uh, the Warriors. Some thoughts here from Frank Isola and Brian Scalabrini, my teammates on Sirius XM NBA Radio. They were talking about the Suns. They said, you know what? The Suns don't even have a weakness. It's a machine right now. When you watch them play, closely they're just so locked in on the defensive end offensively they move the ball they do everything the good teams are supposed to do and right now their best player is not even playing yeah so yeah the way i look at them is above average at every aspect of the game every aspect they don't have a single weakness defensively they guard the ball they have the rim protection they pass it they shoot it they uh they're they're the leadership defensively they have Zero weaknesses on their team. So the, the question is, like, you get the Bucks right, beating them in the finals. They got a 2-0 lead because they were as solid as can be. But do they go to that next level? Like, if they're playing the Bucks again or the Nets, and the Nets are completely locked in, I don't know if they beat them. But there is something to be said about being above average to good at everything across the board. That is hard to do in the NBA. Kendrick Perkins on NBA Today talking about the Phoenix Suns. Does he have an MVP in mind, maybe from the Suns in the league already? Disrespect to DeAndre Ayton. I think he's playing phenomenal basketball. No disrespect to Devin Booker or Mikael Bridges and everybody else who has contributed. But look, let's take it a step further. Why is Chris Paul not in the conversation of MVP? Mm. Okay? And look, I understand Steph Curry, Giannis, and Kevin Durant, but Chris Paul need to be in that top five conversation. We need to keep the same energy that we had when we when Steve Nash yes. won the MVP when he was averaging 15 points and 11 assists. Right now, Chris Paul is averaging 14 points, 10 and a half assists. They're on the 18-game winning streak, and... and they arguably are the best team in the in the league right now. So the ultimate floor general, and on top of that, you know who's the most clutch player in the fourth quarter? Mr. Chris Paul. Chris Paul. And yeah. Yeah. Put that man in the in the conversation Absolutely. as MVP because everybody get caught up on oh he had fifty, he had this, but no, look at the effect that he's that he's having on yes. winning. 
Shanae Agumake, Kendrick Perkins, Malika Andrews talking about Chris Paul. MVP conversation? Absolutely. If it's a regular season award, he would get it for the first month of the season so far. Will Where will he be at the end of the regular season and into the playoffs? Will he be healthy enough? That's the question. But boy, the Suns are red hot and the Warriors that should be a fun matchup again. We get it twice this week. Man, we're spoiled as NBA fans. The latest on Zion Williamson. Oh, Zion Williamson, a terrific player at Duke, and we're waiting for him to come back on the floor for the Pelicans, but he still has soreness in his foot. Here's a report from Andrew Lopez. Now Zion is experiencing soreness in that surgically repaired right foot. He had ramped up his work to do four-on-four full-court drills. Sometime in the last few days, he reported experiencing soreness. It it wasn't any sharp pains. It was just next morning soreness. Uh, He had it checked out last night by the team doctor uh, uh, before their game against Dallas, and and they are going to dial him back a little bit. So he was supposed to return to practice today Mm. instead uh, instead of doing four-on-four work, now he's going to go back, do a little bit of low-impact work, and then work his way back up if he can get through this weekend without experiencing any soreness again. So he's still going to be on the court, just potentially doing a little bit less work than he had been doing. So this is the million-dollar question, Andrew Lopez. When do we get to see him on the court? Uh, that is still a very good question that I don't have an answer to, and I don't think they have an answer to yep. quite yet. Uh, obviously, the practice was supposed to be part of his ramp up. They were going to try to get a few practices in before he does that. Uh, with the delay, he's going back to one on none probably. Then, once they get by next week, they can start to probably slower, slowly ramp him up uh, to get back. So we we could still be a few weeks away uh, from a Zion debut. So thoughts there from Andrew Lopez, who covers the Pelicans for ESPN as he was there on NBA Today talking about Zion. So, uh, again, this all could have just been handled by David Griffin if he was just forthright with the media and the fans saying, hey, he wasn't ready. We were led to believe that he'd be ready by the time the season started, and it's not working out right now for Zion. Hopefully he'll be back sometime next year like 2022 in the winter we will find out by the way so as i mentioned to you sons and warriors two. watch that on friday if you don't catch this podcast on friday catch a saturday sunday or sometime over the weekend find that game watch the highlights watch the condensed because it's a hell of a game the bulls against the nets on saturday the heat against the uh, Bucks is another really good game. That should be a really solid game with the Heat and Bucks on Saturday. By the way, Giannis Antetokounmpo said, I can't dunk anymore. He says, I have to sneak up on people. That's his latest quote. He's been tripping out. He learned about putting um, like Oreo cookies in milk. His his fiance or his wife, I think his fiance, to <laughs> showed him how to do that. And of course, he was like, I-, I wish I would have known this a long time ago. So that's his late night snack, apparently dunking uh, the cookies into the milk. Crazy. Uh, On Sunday, the Hawks take on the Hornets. That's going to be a a flying, up-tempo matchup between the Hawks and the Hornets on Sunday if you get around to it. College college basketball, rather. um, Saturday, Marquette will take on Wisconsin. That will be a game I'll keep my eyes on uh, at the Kohl Center. And let me see. There's one other game. Let me think. There's one other game in college that I think that I'll be watching. Let me see. Hmm. Go reset it. Reset it. Penetrate the zone. 
Dunk pass inside to Tiggins for the dunk. High elevation for Tiggins in his 11-8. Turn around and a nice little teardrop from him. I believe that shot's going to be open as well. So It's a wide open three, and it's knocked down by Young. Can't shy away from the contact, right? I mean, part of basketball is going to be physicality. And Oakland, uh, another made three here by oh, Oakland. It four. Got to stop the ball here. It's another three. Another Heat three. Check. Heat check, and he knocks it down. <laughs> Timeout. Yeah, I told you. A hail. A pass to Zion for three. Yes, sir. War falls down. Picked up by Griffin. Ahead to Franklin. All the way in for the flush. Franklin with a big-time slam. Franklin burns the court. A pass to Griffin. Griffin didn't realize he was going to be so wide open. Instead, he goes right to the basket and scores. Uh -oh. Townsend, a big <laughs> slam on the other end. Come driving down the baseline was Kane. There it is. A pass to the corner. Zion for three. Yes, sir. Zion Griffin knocks down the three. Win streak to four. 3.29 left here for the ball game. Move. All the way in, layup is good. Okay, oh. Felder. Yeah. It's one of them. Here's Franklin for three. Yes, go, sir. Franklin knocks down the three from the left wing. Okay, you got me. That was me. <laughs> Kenny Williams, the University of Illinois, Chicago uh, Flames Hall of Famer and I doing the broadcast this past Thursday as the UIC Flames lost to the Oakland Golden Grizzlies in college basketball, the Horizon League. I'm in my 10th year doing UIC Flames basketball. 10 years. It's gone by quickly. And so, yes, I will be on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Chris Bleck and I will have the game for Sunday at 1 o'clock Central Time for the UIC Flames against the Detroit Mercy Titans. So if you're around, you can see the best player in Horizon League in Antoine Davis, the son of head coach Mike Davis. Um, so that's the best player in the Horizon League. And so we'll be at courtside on the call for that, Chris Bleck and I, uh, as the UIC Flames take on Detroit. By the way, a couple of notes for you. The Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, you can find it on Spotify. And if you are a Spotify listener, just subscribe to the podcast. That way you never miss an episode of the Another Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by Manscaped.com and DraftKings. Also, new to the ESPN Chicago app. I know some of you listen to this on the Cap and J Hood podcast feed. This will continue for a while, but also Under the Hood is now on the ESPN Chicago app. It's a big old blue logo. Scroll down. You'll see the Armchair Nutritionist. You will see Fantasy Football. You will see White Sox Weekly. You'll see Cap and J Hood, Waddle and Sylvie, Carmen Yurko, Black and Abdal. You see all the shows, right? But you'll see a very unique logo, which is mine. And it will say Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. You click that, you can be able to get the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast there as well. So not only Cap and J Hood for a while, but at some point pretty soon here, this podcast on the ESPN Chicago app will be exclusive. It has its own tab. So check it out. If you've never downloaded the podcast, what you doing? Go to ESPN Chicago uh, and download the app and check out the podcast there as well as Spotify. Thank you so much for listening to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. We'll check in next week with a little college talk as well as some NBA. There's always basketball to talk about. You know why? Because basketball is hood with me, Jonathan Hood. Enjoy your weekend and we'll do this next week. Thanks for listening to UTH brought to you by DraftKings and Manscaped.com.